let's do this. <clears throat> this is Silicon Reel, the video podcast dedicated to the people of the London technology startup scene. I am Brian Rose. I also host London Reel, which is a uh, similar format. We have guests like uh, Tim Ferriss, the four-hour guy. Um, we've had uh, ministers of parliament, George Galloway, and we even had Max Kaiser here from Russia today, and he was yelling a lot. Screaming. Yeah, he was screaming. He was really mad at Ben Bernanke and all these other people. He so. was. Yeah. He was really angry, yeah. Not, not for children, that one. Oh, uh, no, no. Wait, I, I censored that one in a big way. Um, my co-host today is Mr. Colin Pyle, who uh, comes to us uh, in London via Toronto, China, India. You've got epic motorcycle rides under your belt. You're now an entrepreneur in London, living the life. Working on it. Working on it. And um, this was uh, your idea, and it's uh, your fault we're here, um, which was to basically create um, a weekly talk where we meet really cool people from the London technology startup scene. And this is episode seven. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. And it's going well so far, right? It's had amazing guests, yeah. 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 I'm just loving these conversations yeah, yeah. more than it's anything. fantastic. Hopefully people are enjoying it. Yeah, no, definitely. And um, the people missing here today are the Beards, who are also a part of Silicon Reel. Um, they are uh, Bryce Keen, Michael Hobson, and Joe Scarborough. And uh, you're going to be seeing their faces rotate through here as well. They run the Silicon Drinkabout every week, which is fun as hell. If you want to meet people that like their jobs... It's a really weird group of people, people that are excited about their future. So definitely stop by and check that out. And uh, there you go. Our guest today is Mr. Tavit Henricus, Henricus. Henricus uh, who is the co-founder of TransferWise, which is a uh, peer-to-peer international money transfer business. And according to their website, we help people save a lot of money. I like it when it's simple like that. You know, it was like Michael, uh, Michael Collison. It was, we make... Uh, tra- web transfers easier. Right. Our Silicon Reel is we have real conversations with people, people. right? That's good, yeah. Nice and simple. So, um, uh, Tavit was Skype's director of strategy until 2008. You have the infamous handle of being the first ever employee of Skype. Very true. <laughs> Impressive. So, uh, I started working with Nicholas and Janos when they were first working on the idea for Skype and uh, a few companies before that. So, ended up becoming the, the first employee on the team. And uh, had a hell of a lot of fun helping to build up that company from an idea on the back of a napkin to the first few hundred million users. So a lot of, lot of good experience, uh, disrupting an awesome industry. And, uh, and now we're doing this again with TransferWise in a different industry, but it's very similarly looking to disrupt uh, something which is an existing but very cumbersome and boring industry. Fantastic. Let me just finish out TransferWise really quick. You've had funding from uh, founders and co-founders of PayPal, of Betfair, of Wonga, and I think in May you announced um, a big uh, uh, investment round of $6 million um, from Peter Thiel's um, Valor Ventures. Is that correct? Very true. Awesome. And then you have all sorts of things like you guys, uh, The Guardian called you one of the five startups to watch, and then uh, East London's 20 hottest tech startups. Um, that doesn't put any pressure on you, does it? I think more than that, you know, we're we're actually driven by what our customers tell us. So, you know, I would recommend everyone to go and uh, look at the reviews we get from our customers on a platform called Trustpilot. And reading seed is actually what's what's putting pressure on us and what's driving us. Yeah. You know, we're seeing there how people are, are are screaming day in and day out how using TransferWise has made a difference in their life. How something which used to be very complicated and very expensive has now turned out to be a very simple and transparent process. Right, which so, as, as it should be. Well, well, welcome to Silicon Rail, first of all. 
Welcome. Thanks for hosting me. No problem. And you're, you're kind of among guys that have been in finance. I mean, most directly, Colin, you sold your currency brokerage firm in yeah. 2008 yeah. Um, to, was it JP Morgan at the time? No, we yeah. sold it to just a, a publicly traded transfer agency in, in Canada. Okay. Um, but yeah, I know the FX. You know world the FX world quite, well. Quite well. I worked in finance for a long time, mostly fixed income, but I know FX. And there's nothing that winds me up more than getting ripped off on foreign exchange transactions as a customer. Yeah. There's nothing that infuriates me more than when I go to see Thomas Cook or these places in the airport, knowing that I'm getting jacked by bid offer spreads. I can drive a truck through and the transactions on top of that. And since I've been in the markets, I understand what a bid offer is. And I tell people, I'm like, look at these exchange rates. Yeah. They're like eight big figures away. Way where you buy and sell and there's transaction fees and then on top of that if you use an ATM in a foreign country I mean I could get going and going and going yeah. so I'm with you on the business model but I was wondering if you could tell the people that don't know about TransferWise and the whole concept of a peer-to-peer -peer, uh, foreign exchange setup which, which you're building I'm actually really hoping to learn from you guys I mean you've awesome. been in finance for, for much more than I've been so <laughs> I'm really hoping to write down at least three tips of how we can improve the business I mean Definitely. Good, good. Well, I, I tried be, it last I, I'd week. Be, I'd be disappointed if I, if I didn't get some, some tips from you guys. Definitely. Good. But going to the story of transport, I mean, it's actually very, it's very simple. So I was, um, I was born in Soviet Union. I grew up in, in Estonia, and, uh, and that's where I met Niklas and Janos and started working, uh, working on Skype with them. And during that journey, at one point, I moved from Estonia to London. However, I still stayed on the, on the payroll in Estonia. So, which meant very simply that every month I was getting my salary paid in Estonia in euros, but every month I was having all my spending in pounds in the in the UK. So every month I went to the bank and uh, went to the bank transferring a thousand uh, euros to London, and I was expecting to receive seven fifty or so. You know, every month I, I look at my bank account in London and, and I see that I only got seven hundred or so. You know, a big chunk of it got missing. It's kind of like someone's greasy hands. Uh, were were there and you know just taking whatever whatever stuck to it. Or me, yeah. It wasn't wasn't a great wasn't a great feeling. No. At that point, I met Christo, who is now my co-founder in Transferwise, and he's another nice Estonian fellow. He had moved to London. He was working for Deloitte, doing some consulting here, and he was getting paid in London, but he had a mortgage to pay back in Estonia. So every month he he walked to a bank here. You know, he actually had to go to a physical bank branch office because you couldn't make foreign transfers online. So every month he walked to a bank branch office with a pile of cash and he was making a transfer to Estonia. And similar to me, he realized that the bank is screwing him. The bank is taking way too long time to process it. And, you know, he has to go to the bank branch every month. So we met and, you know, we were both kind of scratching our heads and said, hey guys, you know, there's going to be something we can do about it. It's not really, it's not a modern way of doing it. And we realized that we have a problem where we can actually help each other. So next month, we, we set out to do things in a different way. So what happened is I made a transfer from my account in Estonia to Christos account in Estonia. So that's a local transfer, so it's essentially free of charge or very inexpensive. And then he made a transfer from his account in London to my account in London. And then we just looked at the interbank exchange rate and used that. Boom, it worked. And you know, instead of 700 pounds, I got 750 pounds. Right. You know, a big, a big difference. And so we started doing it this way. We even had a couple friends join us, so we had a little Skype chat. You know, we can call it the virtual trading floor. You know, somebody said, "Hey, I need 2,000 pounds," and somebody said, "I need 3,000 euros," and uh, these trades were matching, and you know, we were just doing it. And very soon, we had saved thousands of pounds in bank fees. And thousands of pounds, you know, 
that's equal to a, a few nice weekend trips anywhere or you know you can take a month long vacation you know it's a it's a very noticeable amount of money so kind of on the back of this experience we figured that uh, there are many other people who have the very same problem and then we thought okay let's set up transferwise we went about it in a in a very kind of uh, very lean way at first so we we built a site we got the license and we launched it and when as we launched it you know we had an article uh, about us on TechCrunch and 15 minutes later first guy sent us 2000 pounds that was a moment of shit what are we going to do now eh? <laughs> wasn't really wasn't really thinking it's going to work so quickly and that was kind of 2 years ago and now we're we're sitting here we've transferred some 200 million dollars of our customers money so far so we helped them save more than 10 million dollars in bank fees and we're growing uh, growing fast you know we've been uh, we started out with only doing pounds and euros now we're doing about 10 currencies we'll add another 10 currencies this year and lots more lots more development happening in in every area of the business so super exciting and you know above above all what's driving us is really getting such feedback from our customers, you know, seeing how these people are coming to us and thanking us because it's something they've been, it's a problem they've been facing for years. And now we've come up with a way to do it very transparently, very easily. And they're just loving it. Just real quickly, just to run out the business model, then I know you got a question. Yeah. Do, do you have to um, go through banking regulators, whether there's money laundering issues or any of that stuff? Because I know you're kind of a peer-to-peer -peer network where you're like, look, I'm just transferring money to this guy on an agreement. Or do you have to go through all that financial regulations and jump we through do. those hoops? We do. And I think it's actually a good thing, you know, because we're dealing with people's money. So trust is incredibly important. And uh, and therefore, it's good that we're regulated. You know, we're following the same rules and regulations as any commercial bank does in the European Union. So we're doing the same, same, same checks for, for anti-money laundering, know your customer. You know, I think it's all, it's, uh, it's required and it, it, it makes sure that uh, there won't be a company starting, uh, starting, in, uh, starting in, the, in a random street where people will just uh, take your money and disappear. So I think... If you deal with people's money, a certain amount of oversight is required, and it's, it's good. Yeah. The regulatory question was right, because actually when I was running my FX business, we got to a certain size, and all of a sudden it's just like, hey, we're going to throw a compliance officer in, and it just drove me crazy. But, um, but yeah, so I, you guys are completely regulated in dealing with that kind of oversight from, from the UK government or from, you know, because you deal in multiple territories. So Europe is a is a wonderful place uh, right. because in Europe the regulation is is largely unified. So we're licensed by the by the FCA in the UK and uh, supervised by the HMRC as well. So we do all of that here, and this gives us uh, a license to operate all over Europe. So as we expand to new countries, which we're busy doing, then we have to establish uh, what's the local regulatory environment. We have to apply for the right licenses and follow those rules. So, you know, it's a, it's a necessary and, uh, and larger part of the business than in ideally I'd like it to be, but uh, it's the way we have to do things and uh, making sure that we comply with, uh, with everything is, is, is critical for the business. You know, one of our standard questions we ask after the, the, they kind of describe their business model is why will you win in this space? And, and if you could answer that, why you guys? Is it the timing you guys did? Is it because you listen to your customers? I think it's very simple. And we're up, up against the banks. And if you think, if you think at how, how the big banks are doing the business, 
it is just simply outdated. I mean, if you if you think about the experience you get from a bank, things are slow, things are expensive. It's just not what not what you're expecting. So let, you know, let's go let's go a few steps back and let's think about uh, what's happened in the in the world at large. I mean, over the past 10, 20 years, a number of different industries have gone through a, a complete revolution. Publishing has changed, aviation has changed. Thanks to EasyJet, thanks to Ryanair, we can all fly for much cheaper. There's much bigger choice, much more transparency. Same thing happened happened in telecommunication 10 years ago with Skype. You know, now we're all expecting that we can make uh, high definition video calls for free across the world. So now we're getting to the last dinosaur in the in the in town, which is financial services. You know, consumers have come have come to expect much faster services, much more transparency, much lower prices across all industries. And now banking is there, standing up and no, we're not getting it. You know, we're not changing. So I think there is a very large amount of change coming in financial services. We can see this happening right now with all the peer-to-peer lending. We can see it happening with the likes of Stripe. You know, every different, every part of financial services is being changed, and it's being changed not by the banks. It's being changed by startups like Transferwise, like Stripe, like others, like Funding Circle in the UK. And I think there's a very big structural difference. You know, we're operating as as modern online companies without having some, having some balance sheet which has lots of brick and mortar and so on. You know. We're doing, we're setting things up in a, in a modern way in our IT system. We're not relying on mainframes from the 60s. See? So I think there are a lot of structural differences see, which make it possible for us to to win. And you know, if if we're going specifically into what we're doing in money transfer, the other big difference we have is peer-to-peer liquidity. So the fact that we're utilizing our our customers' money to make this service available for other customers is a big difference. Every bank you go to, they will wire physical money from one country to the other. So we're using old networks for it. So we're using Swift for it. So these things are just much more slower, much more expensive. So there's a very big structural difference, which enables us to provide a service for a, a much different price and much quicker than compared to traditional banks. You know, one of the things that struck me about their business model is is that they look at mid rates, you know, in FX. And ten years ago, nobody knew where the mid rates were unless you worked at a bank. That was part of their power. It was the power of information. It works on corporate bonds. It works on derivatives. And so now, I mean, you couldn't have done this ten years ago, could you? Because would there have that been that kind of publicly inf- available information for foreign exchange rates? Uh, yes, we could. I mean, I think ten years ago, you know, there was uh, a number of large exchanges where we could have gotten this information. Okay. I mean, even now, I mean, if we talk about the mid-market rate, I mean, it's a, the whole topic of exchange rate is uh, is something which uh, still continues to puzzle me. In a sense that you know, if you look at uh, that's the way they want it. Yeah. <laughs> there are lots of different exchanges. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. people, you know, banks are on purpose hiding this. You know, sure. this is the next big scandal to hit the banks. And, you know, we look at we look at uh, FT for example. You know, we, we see it reports an exchange rate. That's the mid-market rate for yesterday. Now I go to my bank today and I ask them, hey, I want to exchange a thousand pounds. And tell me, here's the rate. And I tell them, hey guys, but you know, the rate is different. But they say, no, 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 that's the rate today. I mean, that's the rate you're getting. And then I will tell them, but what about if I exchange a million pounds? Right. It's a different rate. So, you know, but this way, the banks are charging 300 basis points. It's complete, it's robbery in, in broad daylight. And you know, we, so the so way we look at it and the so, and research we've done, on average, you lose about five percent if you make a, a thousand pound transfer from London to Paris. And it's going to take you three, four, five days to get there. 
that's complete. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's utterly ridiculous. Yeah. You know, in the in 2013, taking five percent and three four days. It's, it's BS, you know. We recently demonstrated getting money from a debit card in the UK to a bank account in Europe in five minutes and for a very low cost of one pound and making the exchange at some mid-market rate. So I think there's just no reason why consumers should not love this. Okay. Well, we got some hard... And, and, and you know, and, um, I think we'll probably see over the next years, over the next three, five, ten years, that you know, banks will also probably have to, you know, they have to stop charging 300 basis points. I think consumers will be will become smarter and they'll go asking for mid-market rates. So I think you know this kind of uh, embezzlement will will end over time. Yeah, you might be right. But you're and, going, and, you know, we're driving it. Sure. These banks have also owned these markets for hundreds of years. Yeah. But um, I, I'm going to ask you a couple hard questions. You have a hard question coming up, right? I've got sure. one. Yeah. Now, people come to you and they want to, say, exchange a 1,000 pounds or a 1,000 euros. And, and you have this peer kind of exchange there of some guy that wants to buy euros at this level, buy euros at this level. But uh, I think I heard you on an interview saying if the amount is larger than that, then you guys kind of need to go to a foreign exchange market yourself. And so at that point, you kind of turn into a bank, do you not? Or turn into a trading firm that is kind of reliant on other, other exchanges. And is that, doesn't that limit you? So let me ask you a question. What defines a bank? Okay, or another market player that has to a quote exchange. So you know, what, what I think what matters to us is, um, is making, uh, making sure our customers get to send money from A to B for, in a very quick way, very easy to use way. For a very low cost. Well, if there's no peer on the other side that wants to do it for the same price, then you know we face a very hard uh, question: Do we tell our customer, "Sorry, can't send money today," or do we decide that whatever it makes, whatever it takes, will make it possible to send money? So we decided that in case there is no there's no counterparty at the moment, we'll we'll bite the bullet. We're going to go on the market. We'll buy that money, even if we even if we lose money, because for us, it's more important to make sure our customers are happy. It's more important to make sure the money gets from A to B as our customers want it. So you make markets in foreign exchange? Yeah, I mean, I guess you can, you can call it that way. Okay. Will you call up other players or will you go to exchanges if you have to get the other side of that transaction? We're, 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 we're set up and connected to a, to a number of different exchanges, you know. Sure, I mean, maybe at one, you know, one point if, if we succeed, we'll, we'll become possibly a large exchange ourselves. But, but that's not, you know, we're, we're driven by helping consumers and and small to medium businesses do this. So, you know, we'll we'll do whatever we have to to make it work. And you know, as as scales get bigger, maybe we have to maybe we have to become an exchange. And hey, you know, if that's needed, then we'll we'll do that. Would you turn someone down if you said, look, this is going to cost you three percent. It's not worth it. Either wait or go somewhere else because we can't provide you that service today. Would you ever do that? No, has there been a case? We haven't. Uh, we haven't. No, okay. actually, sorry, I'm lying. I think it was about a, a month after we launched when we had a customer make. So we had, we had a limit of 2,000 pounds maximum. And we had a customer make 15 trades of 2,000 pounds in a row. Okay. And he actually sent us some money the next so, moment. Sounds so like a bank on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what test are these guys out? <laughs> and I think uh, we, had to, we had to send the money back to the customer. That right. was, but that's the only, only time we've done it. So now we've... Um, we've uh, We've been continuously expanding the set of currencies. We've been re we've been expanding the limits. So now we're doing trades up to a million pounds, and um, I don't see why we would refuse anything. You know, we're we're set up right now 
we're plugged into exchanges if we need. We have our own liquidity. We are well well funded, so that's what we do. You know, back yeah. then, one month after launch, it was uh, a little bit different. Yeah. Do you ever worry about market players coming into your market that aren't peers, that aren't individuals, that are businesses, or J.P. Morgan down the street, and you know, trying to crush your foreign exchange markets? I don't see how they would crush it, but I would uh, I would see this as a as a sign of we've won if they come. Okay, so you don't see much funny business going on where big sizes are coming in. Okay, no, I'm sure you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Because most traders would Just love to try to exploit anything they can see is kind of that. Wow. Yeah, the, the one thing. Um, see, you guys don't really take risk because you don't actually give the client the rate until you have their funds, right? So yeah. that's where like a guy on a trading floor to be tricky would just try to call you up and be like, hey, I want to buy half a million and then, you know, maybe not deliver on the trade and, and, and screw you guys. But because you wouldn't actually get the rate until you receive the half a million, the, the risk is really, there is no risk for you guys. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah. you will, yeah, we've uh, very carefully built our model so yeah. that we don't, we're not exposed to unnecessary risks. Yeah. So if you want to get a right right away, then you can use a debit card and right. we'll guarantee you a right right away. And uh, you know, thinking forward, uh, there's a suite of services uh, that we can offer where you know you can you can reserve a rate. And if you're thinking about what what businesses need within a kind of spot trades and forward trades and right. so on, so there's much more much more we can do. And we may decide to do this thing in the future. But yeah. uh, right now we figure that you know it's simplicity which wins. You know. Getting your money from A to B for a very low cost, very quickly in a super easy to use way. That's kind of that's our bread and butter, and and that's where we figured that none of the other other things are needed. Like you know, doing doing forwards or or you well, know any of any of the any of that funky stuff is is not yeah. what our customers want. And the little guy is the one that's getting crushed right now. If you're yeah. a big business player doing forwards with decent size, you can really wind your bank trading floor down to give you pretty decent rates. But the guy doing a thousand pounds, he's the one that's getting hit hard. To yeah. Yeah. Totally right. And that's where you guys really. And then, and our customers, you know, there are sort of people like people like us. You're from Canada. Yeah. I'm from Estonia. States, America. You're from States. So yeah. I mean, you know, we're all we're all immigrants here. Yeah. yeah. You know, thanks thanks to the UK for taking us. Yeah. But you know, it's a, it's people like people like us who are using us. It's people who have real estate abroad. Lots of Brits who got real estate in Spain. You know, lots of British pensioners who retired to Spain, south of Spain, south of France. It's uh, it's students, uh, it's it's these kind of people who use us. You know, yeah. funny enough, we have lots of people using us who work for a bank. Yeah, sure. They do. Have banks kind of uh, gotten overtly in your face, or have banks come to you and said, "Stop this"? Or do you think are they just waging their own silent war against you? And also, well, second, do you think you'll ever be acquired by a bank? So um, I think banks, uh, you know, it's, it's 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 kind of very similar to to what happened when we're getting Skype going, you know, we were thinking, what are the telcos going to do? You know, what will telcos do? Will they crush us? Will they block us? Will they kill us? Will they buy us and shut us down? You know, all kind of stupid thoughts we had. <coughs> the reality is, telcos have done nothing. They have done check shit. <laughs> you know, now we're, Skype will turn 10 this month, and um, Skype now competes with all the telcos in the world. It also partners with many of them. But Skype owns 30% of long-distance calling minutes. Telcos, wow. What have the telcos done? They've lost most of their market. You know, prices have, prices have come down. Market share has been lost from telcos, so not much they could have done. And the exactly same thing will play out for us in the, in the money transfer market. I don't see it playing out in any different way. 
the banks are earning way too much money from this right now. So they will not be dropping their prices until the very last moment. So you know, we'll just slowly keep on growing. We'll uh, we'll keep we'll we'll keep on earning our market share, and then you know, one point will you know, a few five years from now, we'll be competitive with all the banks, and you know, we've achieved certain market share. The banks have gotten their acts together, and then you know, it's going to be happy competition. That is exactly what will happen. Yeah, I worked in banking sure. for over ten years, and they will. You are not on their radar. If you are, they just don't look at you, and they're going to concentrate on what they're still doing best. Maybe innovators' dilemma, and not until the very end will they say, "Oh." Yeah, I mean, the innovators' <laughs> dilemma has been researched so much by now. But the, the sad, they should know. The sad yeah. thing is, <laughs> yeah. but sad thing is, there's actually no good solution. It's, you know, right. so, you know, yeah. the smart, <laughs> the smart ones, and you know, let's be honest, the bank. You know, there are lots of smart people at banks. Eh? Smart guys will realize that a structural change is happening in the market. Best thing for them to do is keep on earning money today because no bank today will benefit from dropping their prices. You know, they're not going to get more customers. If you're HSBC today, that's not going to make a difference for you. So best thing for you to do is know that the market will change over the coming years. Think about what are you going to do once it happens, but until that, keep on milking. Yeah, keep squeezing away. But at the same time, they, they lose a customer like me, right? Because so I used you guys last week. Yeah, but then what are you? You're you're one no, out I'm of tiny, a bazillion. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the thing. They just don't care about the average user. And they, at the end of the day, they still make money off of me going to you. It's not like they lose completely, right? They because I'm making a transaction that I would have not made. I'm making a transfer to you that I otherwise would never have made. So they're they're not earning zero they're just earning maybe a bit less than they would have otherwise and i think you know also besides us you know, this is a this is a golden opportunity for a lot of companies to build up competing financial services now i totally believe that banks will get their act together in three five ten years time but until that it's a golden opportunity for lots of fintech innovation yeah a lot, a lot of large companies will be built and then you know the market will change everybody will adjust but it takes a lot of time if you're HSBC to, to adjust. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. How was your TransferWise experience? Yeah, fantastic. What did you do specifically? I moved money from Canada to, uh, to the UK. Um, and at first, it wasn't an option. I emailed you guys and it was like, you know, why can't, why isn't Canada showing up? And they're like, because in Canada, to transfer over, use the SWIFT network and it's actually quite expensive to send a wire transfer from Canada to Estonia. Um, but your customer service got back to me right away. They opened it up. I made the, I made the transfer. Um, the, one, the one thing is fees, right? When you're, when you're making it's HSBC Canada, if I just transferred it from HSBC Canada, HSBC UK, uh, I would pay no transfer fees, but they rate me on the FX. <laughs> so right. I went through you guys and, and they raped me on the wire transfer fees, but I got a good FX rate. So it's kind of like, there need at some point I'd rather just say hey why don't I just have a bank account with you guys and I can transfer internally and get good rates all around right and and that's what uh, eliminate that problem yeah I mean you know we're not uh, we're not open for customers in Canada right in a in a in the way we would like it to be you know right. we'd like to be open in Canada so that you can use a local transfer in Canada or right. pay with a Canadian debit card yeah. that's something we're still working on so until that we have this uh, workarounds that you can transfer money from your account in Canada right. to our account in Europe which is an expensive complicated swift uh, swift foreign foreign transfer which will pr most likely cost you between twenty and thirty Canadian dollars yeah. 
But you know, if you're transferring a larger amount of money, you can still make meaningful savings on the exchange rates that sure. you get from TransferWise. I so. still, I still wound up ahead. Okay. So, PayPal. What do you think PayPal is doing right, and what are they doing wrong right now? Ooh, it's a tough. One. It's tough because uh, some of their people are your investors. <laughs> I'm asking a loaded question. Or, I just noticed recently I can hold up sterling balances and dollar balances on my yeah. PayPal. I had a big transfer recently. They made me switch it to a corporate account. Right. You know, they're 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 not the easiest people to deal with. So I think PayPal has. Uh... And their FX rates. Have you seen? Have you ever done it through PayPal? No. Yeah, huge. Shocking. So Enormous. PayPal, I think they've forgotten who their customer is. They've forgotten what got them going. You know, PayPal got going by helping people transfer small amounts of money from one to another. And now, if you look at the user experience in PayPal, it's pretty damn horrible. If you, if you look around at the customer support experience, you know, I haven't heard a single positive thing about it, but I've heard about 200 negative comments about this. And, you know, they're fighting 10 different battles. Mm -hmm. So to be honest, I'm kind of confused what the hell they're trying to do. Because as a user, they're not doing anything to make the service better for me. You know, they're giving me different fees. You know, if, I, if I look at foreign exchange, PayPal charges between, depending on the country and currency, between 3 to 4% for making a, a currency exchange. Yeah. They're the new bank in town, is what yeah. they are. Totally. They started off as the, you know, like you said, the kind of the internet, you yeah. know, different kind of business model. But now they've turned into this horrible customer service, ridiculous rates, new <laughs> bank, right? That's the way it feels as a user yeah. experience. The yeah. online bank. Yeah. I mean, which seems like I'm sure they're making a lot of money, but yeah. um, I don't know how sustainable that is. I mean, don't get me wrong. They have a great business. And, you know, as every very large business, it's, you know, you get a, a set of very new challenges and, you know, Things are, are complicated. I just, yeah. you know, what I'm confused about is what the battles are in. And there are also in a lot of merchant services, so on. So, I just don't know what the battles are in. You know, my feeling is that the, the business of helping people send money is not what they're so focused on anymore. So, okay, I, mean, I could but, be wrong. You know, I just try to. I'm going to move us right along here. Tabit, you've been in in Skype before, and now you're in Transferwise. You've seen a lot of different business models, and this is something we like to ask people here on the show: is that if you had to sign an an, an NDA and be completely out of the Transferwise business for the next two years, and we gave you say 10, 20 million pounds of startup capital, what would you go do? Or what, what industry really excites you right now, assuming you had to stay in London too? So I really think London is a great place for fintech. Now I think fintech could be what defines London on the, on the world startup and technology map. You know, we're seeing, uh, we're seeing TransferWise, we're seeing uh, Funding Circle, we're seeing Wonga, you know, even Betfair, you know. There's a lot, lot of success stories already in London for fintech and, and many more coming. So I think London as a, as a fintech capital, you know, it's really starting to starting to sound well. So I think fintech in London is a, is an incredibly hot area, and I think the other you know very exciting ones uh, are education and health, where we're going to see so much change happening. And uh, you know, maybe as an you know as an outsider, it'll be good to go into education or into health. I think you know it's it's going to be a lot of thing, a lot of change happening, which will affect many people's lives. A lot of great companies built. So you talk about fintech as an opportunity. So you're transferwise. You're tackling the banks on FX rate. What other opportunities in fintech do you think are sort of prime for for a real opportunity? Think about anything you do with your bank today. Debit and credit cards, loans, uh, mortgage, money transfer. 
information services. Anything the bank is offering is already being disrupted by a number of different right. different companies who are not the banks. So these are all humongous opportunities. Pretty much everything the banks do, they're yeah, doing I mean, wrong. <laughs> you know, so there's an opportunity in building a new online bank, which many people yeah. are doing. Sure. So, and you know, but that's inherently going to be um, a local game. But that huge opportunity. You know, the guys who are building Bank Simple in the U.S. doing a great job at this. Sensaris, uh, opportunities building some specialized vertical solutions like, like TransferWise, you know. We want to make sure that people around the world can send money anywhere they need to. So, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a thin vertical, but we can do this on a global basis. So many different ways of, of building, uh, building large businesses. So uh, how old are you, Tevin? Thirty-two. Thirty-two. All right. So, if you could make a, a phone call and speak to the twenty-year-old Tavit, I guess back in Estonia, and give him a bit of advice, uh, what would it be? Buy stock in Skype. It's <laughs> about to say that. <laughs> I know it's always it's always easy to say that everything you've done has been. You know, has been as right, and actually, I'm pretty happy with 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 where I am, what I've done. You know, lots of experience uh, in various ways. So, is there anything you want uh, him to study more, or to take more time, or to take know, more I, risks? I dropped out from uh, from university, which was a pretty good experience, I think. I did go, uh, I did go and get a an MBA from a business school later, which was also good fun. But I think one year was totally enough for that. You know, I think you know the, the question is combining uh, combining various different things. You know, enough experience, working, you know, education, travel. I think you know having uh, having uh, a wide set of experiences is what helps people be be successful. You know, hanging out with different people in your life, you know, making sure you don't get stuck doing doing one thing too early. And what's the best uh, piece of advice you've ever received? Probably have forgotten that one. Fair enough. And um, if there's a 20-year-old listening right now who wants to, you know, be like you one day, or wants to be part of this whole tech startup scene, whether it be Skype or or money or fintech, what what should you tell them to do? You know, what one piece of advice? Whether they should look to do this or do that. Learn to code. No, but I think really no, it's it's it's, it's, a, it's about it's about being uh, persistent. You know, I, you know, if we look at kind of the world of entrepreneurship, the world of um, the world of startups. I think people are people are getting fixated on the success stories. You know, people get fixated on Skype. People get fixated on on Facebook. The reality is that you know even these business, businesses have gone through have gone through hard times, and these businesses are one out of a million. You know, most successful businesses get built over a period of five or ten years. So it's it's all about being persistent, having having a goal in mind, and getting yourself ready for uh, for a marathon. You know. You can't start too too slow because then you're never going to make it, and you can't be too fast because then you're going to fall down dead after the after the first 10k. So I think you know it's about being persistent, having a goal in mind, and then just slowly but surely building building your way towards it. Good advice, really good Very advice. Good advice yeah. You know, we, I saw that you got some funding recently, and I'm guessing you guys had the choice or some choices when it came to VC funding. And I'm wondering, how do you choose the right VC? VCs invest in people, 
So you want to make sure you have a match on a personal level. You know, you want to make sure that the guys who invest who invest in you are the people who are, you're happy being in bed with for the next ten years. It really, years. it really, it really comes down to to finding people who will complement you, who will who will help you build a large business. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we're you know from the very beginning, we were looking at at investors as kind of an extension of the team. You know, we're looking at how do we get the, the smartest guys around the table to help us build this business out. There's, would have been lots of ways to take to take dumb money and maybe take more money and better terms, but we figured that they were really looking at making sure we're building the best team around us. So that's why we got you know we got uh, Index involved, great VC in London. We got IA Ventures was leading us around from New York, great fintech experience. We got uh, lots of people in you know we got Saul and Robin Klein involved in London as well. We have. Uh, David Yu from Betfair. So you know, we made sure that we have people around us who know how to help us in various ways. We had Max Levchin invest in our seed round, founder of PayPal. You know, he knows a thing or two about building online fintech businesses. So we were looking at what are the gaps and making sure that we fill, we fill each of these with one or two people who can help us. Great position to be in. Yeah. yeah. How, how do you position. all agree on evaluation when you have all those people involved? And is it, is it a number that moves around a lot or, or not when you're getting those kind of investments? Kind of yes and no. I, I'd say, you know, it hasn't ever been too, too much of a discussion or a, or a roadblock for us. You know, in some ways, if you're at a very early stage, I think there is a, a certain amount of... Kind of just like generic market market average outsider. And there's a lot of kind of VC economics, which as an entrepreneur you have to understand to 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 know how things work and to know what outcomes other people are looking at. You know how how the mass works. And then uh, you know there's also a question of figuring out what do you want and you know where where do you think what do you think is right. You know having some market information. And then I think these decisions are you know. It's not going to be roadblocks. And one, qu- one question we always, always seem to ask here is, 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 is people, when you look to hire someone or maybe even invest in someone, wh- what's that one quality that you really need to see in them that, that makes you want to kind of do that deal? So I've done a bunch of angel investing. And you know, I've, I actually look at it always as investing in people. So businesses will change. The question really comes down to what are these... Uh, are these the right people who are willing to stick to it for the next five or ten years to make that business a success? Do, do they have that in them? And when I look at hiring people, it's actually three pretty simple questions that I ask, which is, first, are they smart? And are they the smartest guy for the job? Second, do they get things done? And third one, can we work with them? You know, oftentimes you have super smart people who get things done, but, you know, something gets in their way, whether it's their ego or, or something else, which just means that in this company, you're, you're not going to be able to work with them in the role you'd like it to be. And it happens, unfortunately, quite often. But then, you know, if you, if you get a match of these three things, then it's really about giving them the tools to succeed and, and just watching on the sideline and helping them out. Good. I got a question for you. Um, Bitcoin. Does it scare you or excite you? It excites me. 
Okay. Are you worried that, you know, if there's this one currency globally, then TransferWise is in trouble? Or no. It's so far down think, the road. I think Bitcoin is a great opportunity. Right. For it's us and for many other people. You know, them, I, I would draw another parallel from, uh, from the Skype experience. Skype is a business which is uh, today earning more than a billion dollars in revenue. And uh, most of it is coming from enabling people to call regular phones. So if Skype is ultimately successful, there won't be regular phones to call. But the reality is that's going to take a long time. It's going to take another 10, 20 years. In, t in 10 years' time, Microsoft might not be around. So who knows what's going to happen with Skype. Uh, so in, in the same sense, uh, Bitcoin will never take over the world. Sure, I agree. So it's a huge opportunity for us and for many other people. Are you accepting transactions in Bitcoins? Are uh, there issues around We don't. Uh, we don't because of, for a very simple reason. So, so regulatory frameworks around Bitcoin are, are too unclear. So uh, we're just not feeling comfortable around anonymity, know your customer, all these things when it comes to Bitcoin. You know, as soon as these things get settled in a way that regulators around the world agree, we'd love to, we'd love to work with Bitcoin businesses. Until that, unfortunately, you know, we feel that we can't uh, fulfill the obligations that have been put on us. Because the bit, the bid and ask spread on Bitcoin is huge. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's. Uh, I mean, you know, the Bitcoin get... exchanges are yeah. sort of churning out good money oh, right sure, now. Yeah, yeah. Great, I, great little yeah, businesses. I went to an exchange and there, there was no bid. There was just offers. Yeah. You know, so there so, wasn't. I couldn't even see how wide so the market was. Take that. Yeah, you want some? Here's where it is. Yeah, really old school. So, yeah. um, you want some? You pay the price, or yeah. you walk. Yeah, <laughs> I, I lifted the offer and got a couple of bitcoins. So, right. that was uh, that was my conclusion. Um, what did I miss? Uh, this is some really good answers, very succinct answers. What did yeah. I miss? Yeah, no, I think you know, I think it's great. I think great business. I guess, yeah, you know, will banks wake up? Um, and I think banks still control the the, the cash, right? At the end of the day, every user through TransferWise has a bank account somewhere. Um, and, and so either they jack their fees and, and they try to sort of hit people that way or they just start to wake up. Um, so I think, you know, that's, that's again where, um, where I hope the regulation will help us. That, you know, banks, uh, I would be very anti-competitive behavior. And luckily, most banks in the world are open governments now. So, <laughs> you know, so I'm, uh, I'm hoping that uh, Number 10 and, uh, and White House and other places who own these banks will, uh, right. will tell them that, guys, that's not a good idea to, to stop little guys uh, helping customers uh, and, yeah. and building their businesses. So, surely there are risks around that, but I'm, I don't think that's going to stop the business. Sure. You know, yeah, there's going to be... A country where there's, uh, there's a local king who owns the banks and uh, still make sure nobody can use transferwise, but you know, it's going to be uh, a few countries out of 200. So, yeah. will, you, will your exit potentially be with a bank, or is that the last thing on your mind? An exit is the last thing on our mind. Okay. You know, we're uh, we're building um, a global sustainable business, and uh, and we're not really thinking about thinking about the exit. So, I mean, honestly, can't tell you. No, I mean, all, don't, some of the great... Don't, don't have any idea. Uh, the, the great companies don't have exits in mind. You know, look at Steve Jobs or, or Zuckerberg. Like, they want to build this for their career. Forever. Why would they retire early? Yeah. Right? <laughs> they want to build things, so... 
No, that's awesome. Uh, you bring a really good perspective. I think you, having your Skype experience makes you see a lot of things you've seen before as far as patterns. And it's interesting that you say that however successful Skype is, you know, you still have to deal with phones, yeah. uh, you know, landlines or mobile phones. And like you said, you still have to deal with banks in some capacity. So it's nice to know that you're thinking about that stuff and not thinking we're going to change everything. And, and also you talk about like 10-year periods you know i think a lot of people maybe people that don't know enough about the tech startup businesses they think i'm going to be in for two years and three years but we talk to more people that sit in that chair and they're like seven to ten years is what we're talking here you're in bed with your vcs for 10 years i mean these aren't small decisions no it's just interesting to know that that people are really thinking long term here so yeah awesome i got sorry one more question yeah, yeah go ahead yeah um skype revolutionized changed people's lives what idea out there now that hasn't fully taken shape do you think has the same scale opportunity in terms of changing the average person's life like i look at skype it touched everyone globally excluding some places and changed people's lives i my brother lives in china i lived in canada for most of my life it changed our life being able to sort of communicate that way and i just do you see something else out there that has the same potential Today, maybe not. I think, you know, opportunities for that probably will be in transportation. Maybe, in a, maybe also in, in health tech. You know, you'll have things which will have a, a huge impact on people's lives. Right. And I think, you know, Skype is a very unique and very iconic company in that sense. Yeah. You know, I couldn't, I've lived in, in five countries, you know, I couldn't have lived my life without Skype. Yeah. You know, pretty Most people can now. Even, you know, it's amazing. Yeah, complete game changer, yeah. like you said, and, and completely changed the way you communicate with yeah. people. You know, yeah. just having that image is just, it's so different. Yeah. Um, but yeah, hard to see the next one is, maybe it's in life sciences, I don't know. Yeah, That's you know, health tech, transportation, yeah, I, Elon Musk is getting involved in this crazy, like, teleport, not teleport, but like this rail magnetic system that goes like 4,000 miles an hour or something. Yeah, you know, think about building, <laughs> a, think about building sat, build a maglev train between yeah. London and New York, which right. will take you there in an hour. Yeah, yeah, that'll change Pretty the cool. world. Yeah. That's very you cool. You know, you can't really compare that to another new social network sure, yeah. Yeah. on mobile phones. Yeah. Right. But that's the innovation that I, that I get excited about. You know, this app for, on top of another app or this, you know, you just see a lot of the same stuff. It's, it's just sort of adapting things. It's not innovating things. And, and yeah. Recycling old ideas. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm going to open up a TransferWise account because I've got dollars and sterling. I'm trying to juggle them and it's quite a nightmare, really. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I still can't figure it out. I've got accounts, both accounts on PayPal at my bank here. And so um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check you out if you don't mind. Um, Thanks for being our guest. If you're listening to us uh, on iTunes, please subscribe. If you want to see our faces, we're on uh, YouTube channel uh, Silicon Rail, correct? Silicon Rail, yeah. Awesome. We're on Twitter. Um, We would love your suggestions. The only reason we've had these people so far is because former guests have suggested this guy. So if anyone has any ideas, what's the best way? Tweet at us? Yeah, tweet at us is the best way. Um, And yeah, suggestions. If you're interested in getting involved and helping out, you know, again, this is for you guys and and we're here to make it the best we can with the resources we have. And and so so tweet at us, help out, give us ideas, recommendations. All that stuff. And we'll be at the Drinkabouts every Friday. Some uh, stop by and say hi. A lot of people have come up to us and uh, introduce us to people you think should be guests and uh, we'll just keep going. Yeah. All right. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much. Until then, it's about the people. Take care. 
they're always hardworking, and that's why I talk about the need for balance because a lot of the founders here are just so busy focusing on their business, and it's fantastic. But balance is important too because yeah. then you need to be healthy and happy to grow that company to the next no, level. That's very true. There's one of the, yeah. there's one business that requires all their employees to come to the drink about on Friday. And is that the beards? Uh, no, 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 no. Although technically, yeah.